1: Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech.
3: Mobilize, personalize, optimize, and monetize your marketing and engagement efforts. Welcome to Mobile Presence.
1: Welcome to Mobile Presence, presented by Skywire.com, as always, bringing you the experts to help you optimize and maximize your mobile strategy. I'm Shahab Zagari with Skywire, a premier business and marketing technology firm that specializes in tools for the hospitality industry.
0: And I'm Peggy Ann Saltz from Mobile Groove, providing you strategic content marketing and support to reach your target audience and boost engagement. And Shahab, you've got our guest this time. Um, we're looking at uh, mobile and social and PR, so so tell me. Yeah, definitely.
1: So, you know, it's not necessarily a topic that we cover a lot, which is why I'm very excited. Um, I actually met Martin Waxman, who's our guest today at South by Southwest, uh, mm-hmm. the extension that they had in Las Vegas um, uh, and you know, uh, just smart guy. And I, I, wanted him to come on the show and he gladly accepted, um, just for a little bit of background for listeners out there. Uh, Martin Waxman is a social media content marketing and communication strategist, uh, who's not only co-founder of three PR agencies, uh, he's also a member of the South by Southwest interactive advisory board. Um, and you know, conducts social media training workshops, uh, and things of that nature, um, what he helps his clients do is uncover, create, and amplify their brand stories. And so what we want to do uh, is uh, see what he has to say as far as you know how mobile has changed all of that. So welcome to the show, Martin. Thank you, and thanks for that great interview. It is a real talent
4: to turn a written interview into something conversational, <laughs> and you did that.
1: Well, thank you. Um, and you, you have your own podcast as well. So, um, I'm thinking this will be, this will be fun. Yes, I do. And it, but
4: it's also great to be on another podcast where you're kind of sitting in the hot seat
1: as opposed to (laughs) sitting in the seat where you're asking the questions. Well, Let's put you right in there. So (laughs) PR and mobile communications, uh, is there a fit? I mean, most people would say no. I think potentially
4: there's a great fit. I think right now we're in a situation where we're kind of trying to put a square peg into a round hole. You know, PR had traditionally relied on the news release for so, so many years. And in fact, uh, the answer and, – and I know I'm oversimplifying – but the answer to every PR question could almost have been uh, – Let's do a news release about it. But these days, news releases aren't really made for mobile platforms. For one thing, they're really text-heavy. There's a lot of stuff in them. It's not easy to find the contact information. But that said, a news release is a platform, and I think the PR industry needs to adapt that platform to be able to reach the people we want to reach, whether it's online, media, bloggers, influencers on mobile devices, which is where we are.
0: So how do you do that Martin? I mean, when I think about what I'm getting cuz I'm in I'm in I'm on two sides of the, the 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 coin here. I am an analyst and a journalist. So I'm getting stuff coming in, you know, being fed like a fish in a fishbowl, right? So I get the press releases. I'm also myself um you know advising clients about this in the other direction. And I've noticed that I see a lot more sort of rather than a press release, I get this sort of like this one-liner pitch that says we do have a press release, but we're not going to s- you know, stuff it in your email right now, but we will tell you about it and sort of gauge your interest, and then we can have a conversation later. I mean, is that what's happening? Is that the fit between mobile and uh and social and and p r now?
4: That's a first step. And I uh-huh. think it's a step, because uh, unfortunately, what happened to a lot of PR people is we went from being relationship builders to becoming spammers. Yeah. And uh, part of that was, you know, the invention of the fax machine, which let us, you know, print broadcast faxes to so many people. I used to have a really uh, good friend who was a journalist. And I came to visit him in his newsroom one day in Toronto. And uh, he said, hey, you know, we've got a special file for all your press releases that you fax us. I said, okay, great, show me. And he took me to the fax machine and there was the circular file, a garbage can, and that was where the press releases (laughs) were going. So that was their file. You know, that was amplified even more with email where we just kind of BCC'd to everyone. and It's awful, you know. It it created a situation where we're sending out irrelevant pitches. So hopefully – Asking if a journalist is or a blogger is interested is the first step. You want to be brief and you yeah. want to hopefully capture their attention. But you know, before that, you need to do research to make sure that what you're sending is relevant to that person and mm-hmm. is something they might be interested in. And it's not that hard to do that. You just have to read and search. But you do have to take the time to find out. And that's something that I think um, the industry needs to shift you know, from sort of like, okay, let's get out there and just send stuff to build those relationships so they'll be there when you need them. Which
1: I think and- is also mirrored on you know, how people have learned to communicate on social media. Yeah. you know, Relevance
4: relevance and you don't have to have a relationship already built up but you need to know how to build it in a way that you're not the first encounter isn't an ask you know i'm not coming up to you and saying hi i want you to do this for me oh by the way here's my name you know you want to try to help that person first or show that you know in some ways you understand them understand what they need what they're looking for It's a real two-way street. I mean that's great. I think if you go back to the history, it always was but it changed to becoming a broadcast uh, medium and now hopefully really good PR or social PR can be more of a conversation.
0: So what I'm hearing, Martin, here is that, you know, at the end of the day, although there are tools to automate outreach and social media and all the rest of it, it seems to me that it's it's all legwork. It's all researching the individual journalists and bloggers, finding out what is relevant to them, and then outreaching to them sort of one-on-one, or are there any shortcuts here, or is it just a whole lot of work?
4: You know, there are some shortcuts, but I think it's a lot like when you're digging a hole in your garden. You know, you... And can automate that with certain tools, but you still have to dig the hole. <laughs> now, hopefully yep. the PR people aren't digging a hole. But, you know, platforms <laughs> like Hootsuite, for example, are a really good tool, I think, to use for mobile communications. One, you can see it on your desktop or your mobile device. But two, you can segment people by lists. And you can make those lists private or public, whichever mm-hmm. you want, whichever works for you, and follow conversations. And that way you get a really good idea, say, of What the influencers you're trying to reach are talking about, what some of the trends are, and how you can hopefully insert your stories into those trends in a way that doesn't make you seem like you're butting into a conversation. I I would say it's not a great idea to at someone a public pitch, although I see that all the time. I think that's where you need the relationship. You don't want to say, hey, at so and so, I just have this brand new product. You should check it out. Because I know. When I get those, and you know, being now in PR and also being a blogger, you kind of see both sides of it. You see some of the worst pitches. And every time, yeah, every time I get one of those, I feel my face turn red because it's almost like someone has approached me on the street and just started selling to me out of the blue. So I think you got to really use your judgment and figure out how you can talk to people. Let's, you know, it's not called social media for nothing mm mm-hmm.
1: Well, and and that brings me to my next point, which is um, press release. So yes. those are you know essentially outside of a conversation, uh, and they're not really built for mobile necessarily. So does it have a future, or will it be you know relegated to the that pile by the fax machine? Fax machine, no.
0: Shahab? Did you say fax machine? Well, well from that earlier, story, you know, <laughs> from
1: that <laughs> earlier example. I, I, yeah. Know. Am I dating <laughs> us here? No, no, no. no. Thanks.
0: <laughs> Just yeah, having a little know, fun here.
4: Lawyers still fax, right? So, with all <laughs> due respect to lawyers and some real estate agents, anyway, <laughs> I, I think that. The press, if you look at the history of the press release, it was created at the turn of the last century by a guy named Ivy Lee, who was a former journalist, to basically show that PR people could speak the language of journalists. So that's what it was, and that's what it, its format is. It mirrors what an article is you know, the headline, the dateline, the lead paragraph, that inverted pyramid of information. And that's all good. Except that maybe there's a different format that we can use to tell our stories that one has more visuals uh, to it uh, and two captures people's attentions in a quicker way, provides them with the information they want. And instead of saying, you know, contact so and so, maybe just a quick link or a button that you can call to email or if you want to phone or connect with someone on Twitter. I mean, I think that's those are some of the little
1: adaptions Adaptations, sorry, adaptations, adaptations that we need, and and is that the type of um, thing you would tell your clients right now in two thousand fifteen? Yes, and I, I'd say you know.
4: Use that news release sparingly. For some reason, people get confused with the news release as news. And it's really just a format for delivering news. So you have news, you want to get it out there, but are you using the best format for the platforms that the people you're trying to reach are on? Mobile, for example. And I don't think the news release is built for that. I think the wires like Market Wired or PR Newswire, you know, they're doing a lot to adapt the way news releases can be delivered adding visuals adding rich media to them but um, right now a lot of PR people aren't using all the features that they could be using and it's really uh, trying to just change a little bit.
1: Well we'll figure out how they should move forward Uh, when we get back from the break don't go anywhere we have Martin Waxman on the line today. I'll be here.
3: Mobile Presence will be back after we connect you to our sponsors. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investments. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. topseos.com the independent authority on search vendors mobilizing your marketing and engagement efforts welcome back to mobile presence only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
1: welcome back to mobile presence presented by skywire.com i'm shahab zagari
0: and i'm peggy ann salts with mobile groove
1: and again we have martin waxman of martin waxman communications today thanks again for joining us thanks for having me great to be here Definitely, um, I think Peggy had the last round of questions. I did have a follow up, but um,
0: Well I'm burning what, to ask some, Shahab. So are you, you do your follow up, yes. Okay.
1: <laughs> so, you know, what are some ways, in your opinion, that brands and organizations can create news stories um, and and push them out there uh, so that they are relevant and uh, you know the journalists are receptive to it?
4: I think one thing that every organization that has news can do is start to think more like a newsroom and maybe less like uh a PR organization and, and really create your news hub. It amazes me how many corporate websites I still go to and I'll see the newsroom or press release section and they'll have PDF press releases which aren't mm-hmm. searchable. You open them on a mobile device, you gotta flip it sideways. They're really hard mm-hmm. to read. And it's as simple as adapting a WordPress platform. WordPress is a, a great platform, and I don't work for them, but I I I love how it functions because it's naturally built to be a newsroom you know it's got categories you can categorize your news and stories it's uh, got a great place for visuals you can tag things so it, it and you can subscribe so you can encourage the people you're trying to reach to subscribe to your news and again If you've updated your site, as Google demanded that we do in time for Mm -hmm. mobile-geddon, then your site is mobile-friendly, and it's automatically presented in a way that is easy to read, easy to see, and easy to interact with on a mobile device. One thing I do want to just quickly say, in so many news releases, there are a few things that are repeated every time, the boilerplate, the about. Of the company, well, you don't necessarily need to repeat it in every single release or piece of news. Just have a little widget at the side of your newsroom that says "About." Same thing Mm. for contact. You don't have to repeat that. You know, you just want to have one simple widget. Those are such simple fixes um, to use, and then we can talk about some more things after.
0: I have a follow up on that because I have um, I also have clients in this space what they're really into and I think maybe overdoing it so I want to reality check this with you is newsjacking because they're saying yes we have to be in the news so we have to you know something happens you know Apple releases X and they're like you know you want to have an expert opinion we'll give it to you and I think you know there probably are some rules now Martin you know some good and bad uh, you know etiquette or practice in this respect
4: yes. There are a lot of rules. The first okay. one is use your judgment. you got to <laughs> really be careful because, you know, brands like American Apparel got into trouble after Hurricane Sandy where they, you know, thought it would be a cool thing to do to offer a Hurricane Sandy sale. Really dumb idea to newsjack a tragedy. And in fact, in a tragedy, the only thing that you want to do is to try to help. And if you can help, I mean – Procter & Gamble did that with Tide, for example, during Hurricane Katrina, where they went down there and, you know, helped people get their clothes clean, but they weren't necessarily looking for coverage. Um, so I think that's the first thing. And the second thing is to make sure that what your story is really fits with the news and you're not stretching too far out of the realm of the pocket.
0: Well, I feel better about so, what I'm telling my clients because they're, you know, they're they're head over heels about the idea of being in, uh, you know, TechCrunch or wherever. And I'm saying there are limits. I, I'm just curious as a as a follow up to that, um, are there sort of things that are off limits in, be, in wh- becoming a news organization? You know, you're trying to create news, you're writing news, you're you're newsjacking, great term. Um, what are some limits there?
4: Well, the limits are again, it goes back to judgment. I think it goes back to authenticity and transparency, so you want to create things uh, and stories that really matter to your brand that really matter to your customers that help your customers or your audience figure out you know where they 're going and uh, what they 're trying to do and I think you want to avoid pollution you know I think if we go back to the last tech bubble you know around the turn of the century. So many brands were just shoving out news releases left, right, and center, you know, and trying to get coverage where they had no idea. And, and really a lot of organizations do that now. And that creates pollution. I think we want to avoid content pollution because there's so much junk out there. Um, and it really makes it hard to break through but also to filter the noise from uh, what's really
1: important. And um, quick question too. Uh, is it true that now that Google has changed their algorithm yet again – Um, that, you know, kind of going back to what you were saying as far as the, you know, standard about and boilerplate and all of that. Um, a lot of the press releases that, you know, I mean, just what people have been taught to do is open up with such and such brand who is out of the United States and is doing so-and-so. Um, is it true that press releases that start out like that now, um, will go lower on the search totem pole or is that just hearsay?
4: I think that's here. I haven't read anything about that, but I think okay. the point is that lead paragraph is what grabs people.
2: Mm-hmm. And if
4: you just start with, you know, so and so company today announced that that's so boring. Right. That's where we really need to take a page out of the journalist playbook in PR and kind of get that first paragraph that really captures our attention and tells a story and sets a stage. And that's not an easy thing to do. It takes talent and it takes practice to do that. But it's really important. Something else we didn't talk about, but I think should, is video and the importance of Mm. video in telling a story. And uh, the Mayo Clinic in the U.S., which is, I believe, the number one healthcare provider of uh, – provider of healthcare information. Sorry, not the number one healthcare provider. <laughs> what, what they do is they've turned their communications team into a news team. And every time they have news to announce, say, a research paper or something that they want to say, they'll put it up as a story on their news site or blog and every news release has a quote. Sometimes these are really stiff and wooden. So what they do is they doctor or researcher, take out a smartphone and just interview them and get them to say a sentence or two before a sentence or two after the quote. Really simple. They put a tag on the top and the bottom and then pop that in Above their news story, and all of a sudden, you've got this video that brings the story to life, that adds context, that's simple and easy to use, and that uh, media outlets and influencers can then use on their sites to kind of make the story uh, ha- have more depth and be, you know, be something that you want to interact with,
1: and maybe even a little easier to share. Yep.
0: So even if it's a rather, you know, dry topic, so, you know, my, my, top, my, my example is always, you know, what do you do if you, if you make tractors, right? It's really cool if you're in tech, like we are, but, you know, like, you, this is a way to make every topic somehow accessible, is what you're saying, and interesting.
4: Well, there's, and there's a great story for everything. I mean, if you do make tractors, the stories around that are really, you know, like, what's that tractor going to do for, you know farmer? What's it going to do for the kind of food that we eat, sort of the end product? Like there's so many different mm-hmm. ways that you can kind of position that to make it fun and interesting and uh, relevant to the person you're trying to reach. I mean, that's the key. Rather than just push, push, push,
1: you want to kind of listen first and then make it relevant.
4: And um, then it's shareable.
1: Well, I was going to ask you, so you, you brought up video what about live streaming video or apps like Periscope? Have you uh, played with those at all? And and what what kind of impact does that does that have on news? I think. Periscope and
4: live streaming apps like meerkat two are are really incredible. I played with them a little bit, so for example, when Periscope came out, I was walking down the street in my neighborhood just saying you know i 'm doing a walk through the annex part of Toronto. And mm-hmm. i had like fifty people watching my crummy photography, but <laughs> it, it was really interesting that you know people start to do that. But I was at an event here. We have a big uh, documentary film festival, Hot Docs. It was the opening party. there were tons of filmmakers. Producers from around the world in one room having a great time, and I thought, you know if the PR team here had their smartphones out, they could go go up to different producers, filmmakers, people who are in the uh, in attendance and just say, "Hey, what do you think of the film? What are you here for?" and all of a sudden, they are broadcasting stories live from that event, and they're able to archive that for later, but two Make it so that that event reaches more people in real time because, you know, honestly, how many live TV stations are going to cover that event? Probably no one, but Mm -hmm. you have an opportunity there. So I think there's a lot that you can do on the company or brand news front with live streaming. Again, knowing that you may not get 500,000 or a million people or whatever it is, but that you're getting the right audience.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I do think you're right. Um, I, I've played with Periscope uh, a little bit, and uh, you know some of my videos have uh, you know 50 people sitting there watching the kind of crazy things I do, and others have one viewer, and it's quite interesting. Um, let's go to break, and then when we get back, uh, we can talk about uh, quite possibly a little bit more of this and maybe some top tips that you've got for our listeners. So listeners, don't go anywhere. We have Martin Waxman on the line.
3: Mobile Presence will be back after we connect you to our sponsors. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. mobilizing your marketing and engagement efforts. Welcome back to Mobile Presence, only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're
1: back. Welcome back to Mobile Presence, presented by Skywire.com. I'm Shahab Zaghari.
0: And I'm Peggy Anselts with Mobile Groove.
1: And again, today we have Martin Waxman of Martin Waxman Communications uh, with us today.
0: Yeah, and right before the break, we were, we were talking about um, – uh, topic I wanted to get into is sort of like the human side of all of this. We we talked about the uh, how to make s- stories interesting. Um, I'm interested, Martin, in in how to sort of balance the two schools of thought. One is that we write for Google, which ends up being you know horrible headlines, no fun. Um, you know, a- adhering to SEO. Uh, you know to the point of 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 just not creating a great story anymore. And then there's, of course, the school of thought that says, forget it, we don't write for robots, we write for people. Where do you stand or what do you tell your clients?
4: You know, I think content trumps everything. And Google is working hard to, I think, make that happen. And, and they're doing that with semantic search, which recognizes the relevance between words and also with uh, uh, voice search, conversational search, where you can ask questions. And in fact... If you watched Mad Men's finale, there were ads from Google all about how Google is there to answer questions. And I think answering those questions is really where you want you can have some fun with the headlines. And the headlines are, are so important. So you have to have some keywords. You can't go away from keywords entirely. but And maybe it's because I was a creative guy in advertising for a while. I, I still default
1: to creativity. Speaking that's of goodness. Mad Men, <laughs> yes. uh, did you see that new Tumblr that came out? Peggy, Martin, no? No. Uh, we'll no? have to link it for the listeners, but I'll also email it to you guys. It's a Tumblr account where somebody has been taking uh, animated GIFs of the show and putting uh, 20th century digital marketing and advertising uh not not quotes, but as if the characters that that's the kind of thing that they're saying. Oh, cool. uh, it's hilarious. There's one where uh, I think they were uh, no spoilers here, but when they were talking about um, you know the agency closing and kind of being eaten up by McCann and how uh, everything is going to be fine, and everybody kind of starts walking away. That scene, and yeah. instead the the little quote at the bottom is. Is nobody going to the Data Trends Seminar? <laughs> oh, man. It is hilarious. You know, so, so should we um, do Super Bowl video or a Vine video? You know, it's hilarious. So well, we'll link want, it for the listeners. And
4: I want someone to do a playlist of all the songs that ended every episode of Mad Men and what they meant. Yeah, That's what I want. I, I, I can't do that. That's it a bad. good project,
1: actually. Yeah. Hmm. Well... Um, I think we're winding down here, but I definitely want to thank you again for coming on the show. Uh, it was a pleasure. Uh, very eye-opening. Um, you know, uh, but before we go, for our listeners, uh, do you have any you know, maybe top three tips of what their brand should do to stay top of mind in this new world? Yes. I think you need to be brief.
4: You need to be visual and you need to be creative. And of course, what you do is you have to make sure that whatever you do is you know able to be found in search because search is the number one thing we do online, and that's how we discover stuff, either organically via social or by typing something into you the know, search bar on Google. So it's really important to show up there, and that's where content can really help you and it, content that goes beyond just media clips. I think that's more than
1: three. Yeah, that was a, that was a lot. Uh it was really good though. Um Peggy, did you have uh, any last questions before we head out here?
0: No, probably just a, just a comment. I love it when 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 something's sort of hands-on, practical to the point. Um I, I love your tips. I was thinking, "Uh-oh, we're going to have this, you know, this 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 really, you know, complex list, but it is really just exactly that." So, you must feel sometimes as if um yes, everything has changed, but maybe Everything is still very much the same at some level.
4: It is the same. I mean, I think it goes back to, if I can invoke Madman, the Madman days where creativity is really trumping everything. And I think for so many years, well, really for the last five years, we got caught up on the platform. So, ooh, Periscope is so great, or Twitter or Facebook or Tumblr, you know, whatever, or Instagram, whatever is the latest, greatest, uh, shiniest new object. And now we're kind of used to the landscape, so hopefully creativity can be there. And that's where I think brands can shine, and it's easier said than done, of course.
1: Great. And so if our listeners want to get a hold of you, Martin, what uh, avenue should they use? Email, Twitter? Um. Anything. You can first Google me and that'll help. But uh, I'm on
4: Twitter at Martin Waxman. You can email me, Martin Waxman at gmail.com. Go to my website, triple W. I still say that, dot uh, martinwaxman.com dot <laughs> com. Uh, sort of like the uh, Google Ranch, the triple W. Um, so you can find me there. I'm on Facebook. I'm on, on LinkedIn and happy to connect in multiple channels. And even if you happen to be in Toronto and see me on the street, you can tap me on the shoulder.
1: Perfect. And Peggy, how can our listeners get a hold of you?
0: Um, you can check me out over at mobilegroove.com, email Peggy at mobilegroove, uh, Twitter at Peggy Ann A N E, and look around the web for all the other articles and blog posts I'm doing around there. And uh, and of course, everything back at our own website.
1: And you can catch me on Twitter at Shahab Zagari, that's Z-A-R-G-A-R-I. Thanks again for joining us for Mobile Presence presented by Skywire.com. Remember that new episodes of Mobile Presence air Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can check out earlier episodes of our show by going to webmasterradio.fm. Or you can find our shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Zune, and iHeartRadio simply by searching Mobile Presence. And finally, you can stay connected by downloading the Webmaster Radio mobile app from the iTunes App Store or Google Play. Thanks again for listening to Mobile Presence, your inside track on everything you need to reach and engage your target audience with mobile. And remember, every minute is mobile, so make every minute count. We'll see you next week.
3: are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited
2: introducing WonderSuite from bluehost.com the tool that makes wordpress wonderful for everyone